Okay, so we left off last time in the middle of Perak Tess, two, page 236. And we began discussing this idea of Said Shayrish and Said Tosefis. And what we said essentially is that there is a normal amount of energy that is coming into the world that Hashem is causing the world to, to become, you know, to be sustained. That's called Said Shayrish. However, then you have this additional energy which is coming to the world, which is based on our Avoida down here. So let's start from that whole discussion. The first one in line is Be'aretz De'asiyah. We'll start by the comma in the middle of the page. Behine B'sheshish Breshis. You see that? Everyone sees where we are? Again, page 236, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. 10, 11 lines down. <coughs> 11 lines down. In the middle of the, middle of the line. Vihine. Vihine b'sheishish yimei b'reishis. In the six days of creation, heyir Hashem mi'atzmo, mi'alav, that Hashem shined by Himself and from Himself. B'tzam sem oiro, and He limited His light. Right? L'hislabesh b'yud sviros, in order that, remember, because we're talking about here the idea of how the infinite light needs to come through the Yud Spheros in order to shine down from the Yud Spheros into the Eilamos, right? Because the infinite light cannot go directly into Eilamos. That would be way too much for it to handle. So the infinite light by itself was Mitzamsim. And not just then, namely, which we're going to say that there was nothing that was causing mitzad the isurus of the arousal from below, to happen. But even now, without us doing anything, there is a ha'ara mimenu yizbarach, beside shayrish, which is known as Said shayrish. Right? So there's a certain baseline amount of energy that's coming down into the worlds from Hashem. And this baseline energy is what's keeping the worlds going. Which is including the Yud That's the key words here. That is not depending on the actions of what we do in this world. In other words, there's a certain amount of energy that's coming down, very minute, but it's coming down regardless of us. And that's what he says here. However, this ray, right? It's a very, very limited. However, the majority, the main amount of ore needs to come down through our actions down here in this world. Namely, through us being involved in Torah and mitzvahs down here in this world. This is what's causing the majority of the energy to come down to make the world happen. That's called Soid Tosefis. So to speak, the, the secret of the additional, right? Bahainu, namely what? Mitam hana, like we explained before, kevan shebeemis hu hashbeila gadoila. Because why? Because really, for Hashem to go and limit Himself into the spheros, to go from infinite into specific, right, is a huge lowering down of Himself. That's what's going on over here. Since it's a huge lowering down of himself, right, that requires, uh, you know, like uh, something to pull it down. 
So that's what we're doing. Now we can go back to our original question. What was our question? Our question was, our real question was, what is the purpose of these Yehudim Bechla? And we said, in order to understand the Yehudim, we have to understand the concept of Halal. What was the question in Halal? Why does Hashem need Bechlal us to praise Him? It seems totally irrelevant. Right? Does He really care? Right? Does He really even know? Right? Like if you talk you know, to the President of the United States, does he really know what's happening in a fifth grade class in the middle of Iowa? No, he doesn't know. Right? Here, Hashem was the one in charge of the entire world. And it's much more than a fifth grade class. And he knows every single individual what it is that they're doing. Every single person in the entire globe. Right? So what does it really matter to him Number one, does he really care? Number two, what does it really matter to him that, that someone's saying, uh, you know, hala? So he says, no, 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 that is the point. That through us praising Hashem, namely his actions, that he is doing through the spheros, etc. Right? That through... Praising his chesed, through praising his kavura, through praising his chachma, through praising him, like in all these different ways. So that is what's causing him to be drawn down into the yud spheros, in this particular sphere or that particular sphere. Hamayim nukvim man, right? Mayim nukvim. Hamam sheikh mad, which is drawing down the mayim dechayim. Okay, so these words are words of the Arizal. Okay, basically you have two sets of words that are interchangeable. The words that in Hasidus that we usually use are iserusadila tata, iserusadila ela, right? An arousal from below, which causes an arousal from above, which are really words from the Zayhar. That's where those words come from. In the Kisve Arizal, the Arizal uses different words. It's called Mayim Nukvim, which means feminine waters, which draw down Mayim Dechayim, masculine waters. But it's exactly the same thing. It's just different words, the same exact meaning. Okay? Just don't get confused. So what we're saying here is when there's an Isurusadila Tata, right? So that causes there to be an Isurusadila Ela. Right? When something from below is praising Hashem, right, in a certain manner, it's drawing Hashem down in that manner. It's like a magnet, which is causing there to be an equal uh, pull, right, that's being drawn down into that particular slot, so let's say, right? So that's what we're talking. Like, for example, a wise man, yeah? That when a person is a wise person, and you go and you praise his wisdom, it's known then, what happens is that you are, so to speak, pulling out from him his chachma. It's arousing within him that that's how he's going to behave, in a way of wisdom. And we see this in human relationships. When you speak to the person about this particular trait, or how you're so special in that trait, or oh, you're such a kind person because of your kindness, you know, it arouses in the person, right, a similar feeling that he wants to act in a kind way, that he wants to act in this way. 
Just like we see in the globe, Bechlal, with Hashem and the way he interacts in the world, so that's the way it is, right? Because like it says, a person is an Olam Katan. Right? A person is like a small world. So in the same manner, when you praise a person for his kindness, when you praise a person for his wisdom, when you praise a person for whatever it is, you're actually drawing out that energy in him. So we see the same thing here. Like we explained over there in that Mimer and Hallel, in, with a, you know, in, in a great way. It's a pasuk in Eiu, which means that he lit up the, basically shined up the fi- light of the fire, of the candle, right? So the idea is that you, by you lighting that light, by you lighting that candle, you are causing the fire to come out. You're causing the shining to come out. You're causing this to happen. So now we can understand also what it is that the Mekubalim are doing with regards to Shemona Esrei. Same idea, yeah? When we say to Hashem during Shemona Esrei, So what we're drawing down, Right? What are we doing? We're praising Hashem for this, for that, for His Chachma, for His kindness, for His Gvura, for His... All the different things that we praise Him for. So what we're really doing is we're trying to, at that moment, what we're trying to do is we're trying to draw down that type of energy into the world that he should interface in the world, with the world, I should say, in this manner. You guys following what I'm saying? Like, for example, to heal the world, heal the people, heal this person, he should have rachamim. So what we're talking about here is that how did, it's not starting with a chachma vatzilis or with tiferes vatzilis or whatever. It needs, however, to be able to draw down the infinite light that it should be able to go through those channels in order that it should be then able to come down into the world and act in that manner in this world. That's the kavana. That's what's happening here. Yeah? <laughs> that through us praising him, his enclosement, remember we said, means limitation. It means simsum. It means a gilui to a lower thing, right? In a certain manner that the, that the lower level is going to be able to handle it. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking to, so to speak, draw down this infinite energy, but draw it down in a very specific way. Because you can't draw down infinite energy. It doesn't work, right? But you can draw it down that it should be able to go into a certain pipeline. We'll call it like that. Into a certain pipeline. And that pipeline then can interface with this world in a way that it will shine that particular energy that we're looking for. In order that it should affect in a major way this world and all the worlds really because that's what we're looking for. Is that clear? So that's the understanding of what's going on. Right? That's Chachma. Right, that's in that in in uh, in the of That's how we are able to draw down the or 
Vemislabesh bahem, and it becomes enclosed in them, namely in the spheres of Atzilus. That's what we're looking to do. We need to get the infinite or into the spheres of Atzilus, so therefore it could go from the spheres of Atzilus down into Bria Yitzira Asiya, down into the physical world, and to manifest in whatever way we're talking about. Now we can understand our original question. What is the point of us putting a GPS out there? Right? Hashem knows which way to go. It's not that Hashem doesn't know which way. Of course He knows which way. But this is a way of drawing Him down in this manner. Just like a, a wise man is a wise man. But yet when you speak to Him and you talk about His wisdom or you speak about His kindness or you speak about... It's drawing it out from within him. That's something that the Makabal is able to do. Yeah? That should be also the union of, uh, you know, like when you raise a child and, right? It, you know, that's, that's, that's the idea that when you speak about its positive things and the things that, it, it, it's like a, it's like a, um, it's, what is it called? A, uh, a hidden, you know, a prophecy. Like you're making a self made prophecy. Right, you're causing this energy to happen. If you're constantly saying, oh, you're a no good and you're a this, it's also causing it to happen. You're saying this is a positive, 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 which is so hard for us because we like to say the reality. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, what are you acting like this for? You know, like, this is crazy, right? But the, this is something, this is a methodology. And even nowadays in modern day psychology, they talk about this all the time, right? So it's just interesting that this is, this is what we're talking about. And that's why it's Tavka that we are Mechavin, which means that we are focusing on this particular name of Hashem in order that He should be Mislabish in this particular sphere, right? Right? It's the same idea. Because this is what causes even more of his slabshus of the orainsof into that particular sphere of. And therefore, it will cause what we're really trying to accomplish in an easier manner. Right? That's the idea. That's what, because objectively speaking, when we dive in Shemona Esra, we have an agenda. Right? Our agenda is, right, we're asking Hashem for kindness, we're asking Hashem for rachmim, we're acting, asking Hashem to open up our minds, that we're asking, all the things that we're asking Hashem. I mean, it's, what happens is very often it becomes just words and you just, you know, rattle them off, you know, after a while. But really, when you slow yourself down and you read the words and you understand what it is that you're saying and you're trying to ask for all these different things, so we are, in fact, asking in specific categories, of different things that we're looking for. So these specific categories are the ten spheres that we're asking for. Umiata, right? So now that we explain this, this acronym means says lo kasha midi, which means that there is it's there is no question at all anymore. Kushiasa ribash. Now we see that the kushi of the ribash is no longer a question. Shahu yizbarh yodeya be'ezaderach, right? Because remember, his question was the Ribash's question in paragraph Ches was what you know what what are we bothering with this whole business for, right? Hashem doesn't know which direction to go in. Of course, Hashem knows which direction. Hashem knows better than us which direction to go in. Devadai devar of emes. But sure, the Ribash's words are one hundred percent true. Of course, he knows which direction to go in. 
אבל מכל מקום, but על ידי הכוונה בשם, by having כוונה בשם, עדיף תפי תובה, it makes it much better. משום שזהו הדרך להמשיך אורנסוף בהספירוס, because this is the דרך that we're able to draw down the אורנסוף into the particular ספירה. שהוא המיוחדת לפעולה ההיא, that this is whichever ספירה is specifically made for this particular פעולה. הידיעה היא that through this praising, בהשפך, and this שפך, משום שבאמס השווה לגדול להוא, because this lowering down is, 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 is a huge lowering down to go from infinite to this level. But it makes it smoother, it makes it come out, it makes it bring it down. Through the shvach and the bracha, we're able to draw down the orain sof into the shvach. So then Hashem will for sure be able to answer our requests and our questions, what we're asking for. So now we have an answer to our question. We now understand why it is so special to, in fact, to have in mind that particular sphera that we want Hashem to go into. We've also answered now that we're not talking to a sphera, Bechlal. We're talking to the Orein Sof, right? We're talking to the Abishter himself. That's who we're talking to. But we're causing that there should be a direction, that there should be a map, that there should be a way that will bring out Hashem in this specific way, which will be able to accomplish what we're looking to accomplish with all of our davening. Because at the end of the day, our davening is for, we're requesting things. We're asking Hashem for different things. We're asking Hashem to help us in so many different ways because we need Hashem's help, right? Now, now that we explain this up, now we have a very nice explanation. In this idea of the Yehudim al now we have an answer to what we began to discuss back in paragraph base, right? Which was the whole discussion. What is this whole idea of the different names of Hashem? Shem Kale, Shem, right? Elohim, Shem Avaya, Shem this. Why do we have to do it? What's the point of it? First of all, so we knocked off a bunch of things. We knocked off, number one, that we're not davening to a sphera. We're davening to Hashem. We knocked off that the spheres are not separate from Hashem. We knocked off the idea of, of the different names is not a specific name of a specific sphera. It's, a specific, it's the Abishter. And we also explain why it is that what's the point of the different names? What's the point of the different Kavanas? What's the point of all this stuff? Now we have, uh, finally we can get on with the Mimer. Right? We said that back in paragraph base, all the way back when we started, we said that this is going to be a discussion until paragraph Yud, basically. Now we, we, you know, before we could even get into the whole discussion of the Yehudim, of the whole idea of, right, we said that there's an idea of the different, right, the different Yehudim that are taking place, place, excuse me, right, the Yehud of Ava, right, and the Yehud of Zun, and we talked about all of that, how does that happen, what does it happen, and why does the Yehud of Ava is happening in Shema, and the Yuchud of Zun is happening in Shemona Esrei. And we discussed this whole, we, we, we went through, we, and we said, but before we could be chlal, even discuss any of that, we have to first have introductions. So now we've had our introductions. Now we can continue with the Mimer. So anyone that looks into the safe, the books of the Kabbalists, Kamoa Pardes, like for example, the Pardes, that's the famous encyclopedia of Kabbalah, 
by the Ramak, Ramosha Kardavero, or Bekisve Harizal, the words of the Harizal. So the main point that we see in all of the books of Kabbalah, of the whole point of why we do Torah mitzvahs, why we're learning Torah, why we're doing all the different mitzvahs, why we're saying Kriya Shema, why we're saying Shemon Esri, is all about this idea of making these Yehudim, right? Making unities, right? That's what it's about, Yehud Zun and Yehud Avah. Remember I told you what it was. Let's just remind ourselves because it was a long time ago now. Bechlal, you have a situation, right? I told you that we talk about ten spheros, right? Uh, Everyone is familiar with the ten spheros. But in in Kabbalah, it sometimes breaks everything up into four as opposed to ten. Four, it's called partsufim. Partsufim would be, you have Chachma, right, or Abba, Right? That's the first part. That's the corresponding to the letter Yud in the Shem Yud Kevavke. Then you have the He, the first He, He Rishona as it's called, which is known as the part of Ema, which corresponds to Bina. Then you have the middle parts of the part of Zah, or Zer Anpin, which corresponds to the Midos, the six, sometimes known as the Vav Katsos or the Vak in the language of the Kabbalah, which stands for the six spheros from Chesed down to Yusayid, right? And then you have the Keyachreina, which is the idea of Malchus, or known as Nukva, right? Feminine power, right? So that's the idea of the four. Now, there is also the idea of Arich, right? Which is Keser, right? We talk about Arich as opposed to Atik. We know that Keser is divided into two parts, right? Which is the higher part, which is known as Atik, Atik Yomim, right? Which is known more as pleasure. And then you have Arich, which is the idea of Ratzon. Atik is not so much talked about in the words of, in the in the books of Kabbalah, mainly Arich, right? And that would be the the little thorn on the top of the Yud, corresponding to the thorn. So there's five different parts, five different uh, basic levels. Again, Arich, right? What's known as Arich, Abba, Ema, Zoh, and Nukva. Those are the five. Okay. Now, each one of those five could be split up also into uh, either into well, into the same five, or you could split them up into the spheres. Right? You could split them up into ten. Right? It's a constant thing, and each one you could continue splitting it up. They say about the rocks of Har Sinai that they say that each rock has a impression of a a uh, bush on it, like from the burning bush. Right? The snap. And if you chop the rock in half, then you'll have each rock will also have the snap. And then if you chop those in half, then each one will have uh, a picture of this of the of the snap of the of the bush of the, the burning bush. It's like a holly holog. What isn't that like the same thing with holographic? You know, if you constantly cut them up, you have the same exact uh, the same exact uh, image on each piece. It's the same thing here. That's the way this this whole story is working. Now, generally speaking, the way it works in terms of uh, it goes from top down, right? So, for example, uh, let's just talk about in human life. A person has a, a will to build a house or to live in a house. So that would be corresponding to Arich. And then you have the idea of the house, right? Like that you start to get the idea of like, okay, it's like the initial impulse is Arich. Then you have the, the, thought, the idea 
of okay, the house, you know, I want to have a house in, uh, you know, in Morristown, right? And this is, and then you have like basically, well, it's not enough that you have just a concept. Okay, you got the idea of the house, but you want to then have it like sort of bring it to the architect so that they could draw up the plans for the house, you know, like what is it going to look like or to talk it over with the architect, you know, you want to have, you know, uh, five bedrooms and you want to have a kitchen with two sinks and you want two ovens, uh, you know, one for parv and one for fleshik or one for milchik and one for fleshik and you want to have uh, four uh, bathrooms in the house and you want to have a deck on the outside that you could put your sukkah on, and you, right? So that's bina, right? You're now taking, you're going into all the details, right? Then from there, you have to go to the contractor, and the contractor, and the contractor has to hire the workmen, right? And the SL subcontract and all that stuff. That's all za of actually building the house, of actually putting it down. And then finally, you have nukva malchus, which is the idea that you're finally hanging the mezuzah on the door of your house and moving into the house and actually living the first night in the house. Okay, so that is the general, uh, the general way that this whole thing works. Now, bichlal, you're going from top to bottom. And each time you're going another step, another step, another step, another step. As you go from each step, step one to step two to step three, right, there's so to speak a lessening of the light. You're making it more, uh, in our case, right, you're making it more magushim, right? When you first had the, the will to have the house, right, it was just like a, a vision in your mind that you want to build a house or you want to have a house or something like that. But you didn't have any idea, like, what does this house look like? Or you, it's like very far away from the idea of actually living into the house, okay? Now, what we're talking about here with regards to Yehudim is instead of there being a lessening, so to speak, of the light as you go from Chachma to Bina, Bina to Zah, Zah to Malchus, etc. Here what we're talking about is that the Indian of a Yehud is that Chachma usually has to go down to go to Bina, right? It has to lower itself. But a yichud would mean that bina would be able to lift itself up to such a level that it would be able to receive at the same level that chachma's at. That's called a yichud. That's called the yichud ava, right? So instead of there being a lessening, right? Let's say that it starts with a uh, hundred gallons. In order to give into bina, you have to limit the hundred gallons to get down to like uh, fifty gallons. Here, the idea of a unity is that bina lifts itself up to be able to receive the same hundred gallons. That Chachma has. And the same concept is with Zah and Nukva. Zah would have, let's say, 50, uh, you know, 30 gallons, and it wants to give down to Bina, which usually gets only 5 gallons. But here, I mean, it gets into, into Nukva, they only have 5 gallons. Here, what we're talking about is somehow causing Nukva to lift itself up to be able to receive not just the 5 gallons, but get the entire 30 gallons. That's the concept, basically, in Kabbalah, of what's going on. What we want to do is we want to bring the light from a higher place to a lower place. The question is, if you look at the concept, and I know we have to finish because we're out of time, I want you to do Chazar. The concept is, however, is that generally speaking, when we talk about Said Shairish, remember we talked about that before, the basic lamp. So there's a basic trickle that's coming down in the world, right? But if the trickle starts at 100 and it drops down, by the time it gets to Malchus, it's only 5, so you took away, let's say, 95%. It's probably more closer to 99%, but let's, uh, whatever. That was the, the muscle that I gave. What we want to be able to do is, instead of doing that, if we could lift it up all the way that it should be able to receive the same 100, or let's say even 50, or whatever it is, gallons of ore. 
That's the objective here. So when we're doing Torah and mitzvahs, what we're doing is we are, so to speak, causing the keli to become much wider in order that it should be able to receive on a much higher level. So instead of there being only a trickle coming down into this world, a huge amount more ore is going to be able to come down into the world. Essentially, in a nutshell, that's what we're doing. By all of our Torah and mitzvahs and uh, all the davening and everything like that, that's essentially what's happening. And that's what's going on with regards to making a gilui, a revelation of Hashem, down here, or a dir betachtoini, we'll call it. You can call it by different words. But that's essentially what we're doing. And that's the nekuda of all the Torah mitzvahs, all the davening, everything that we're working on according to Kabbalah. And obviously there are so many details involved in this and every mitzvah is, is causing a different unity to take place. It's all within the same realm, but it's causing this style as opposed to this. And that's why we have to <laughs> dafka shake lulav on sukkahs and not on Pesach. And eat matzah on Pesach and not on sukkahs. You could shake a lulav on Pesach, but you're not going to accomplish because there are certain times of the year that certain things need to be accomplished. So, for example, on Purim, which we just had, was a time when Yisoyed Abba, for example, is, is shining in a way that is it doesn't shine the whole rest of the year. But in order to capture that energy, you have to do certain things, right? In other words, there, there it's happening regardless. But if you want to be able to capture it and be able to bring it into the world in a way that is usable and into your life in a way that's usable, so then you have to do the particular mitzvah. So you have to listen to Megillah and you have to do Matanos Avionim, and you have to do Mishlach Manos and then you have the Suda, right? All those things, for example, in the morning when Yisrael Abba is shining in such a strong way, so we listen specifically to the Megillah. And then the mitzvah, according to the Arizal, is dafka right away, right, to do all the different, all the different mitzvahs as much as you can. In other words, if I did the Mishlach Manos on, on the nighttime before, or I did the Matanos Lavionim in the nighttime before, so that would be a nice thing to do. But you didn't do the mitzvah. What does it mean to do the mitzvah? It means to capture that energy and to bring it into the world and into your life. And that's why we specifically do the mitzvahs after we listen to the Megillah. Or we have the Suda. As much as we are supposed to have also a Suda on the nighttime, we're supposed to wash, and you're supposed to light candles, and you're supposed to have a Suda for, for, for the night of Purim. But it's accomplishing a different thing. The Suda of Purim has to be in the daytime after you heard the Megillah. Because the Megillah is what draws out the Yisait Abba. And then those mitzvahs then capture it, so to speak, and bring it down into the world and bring it into it. That's how it is with every mitzvah, with every word of Torah, with every, with every uh, davening. For instance, if we daven Mariv right now, we're not going to accomplish what we need to accomplish. We have to daven shacharis, right? And there's certain things that by doing before shacharis, then you're going to add to that shacharis. And certain things by doing that you're going to do that's going to take away from that shacharis. And that's essentially where we're going with this. You got it? Okay, we were, I went over time here. Sorry, I took away from your Chazara. But uh, Emir Tzashem will continue tomorrow.